With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilvy, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Ennis Cantor, Taco Fall, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, from the University of Connecticut. Welcome back to From the Rafters, presented by Bannertown USA. I'm here with Tom Westerholm. Say what's up, Tom. What's going on, guys? Tom Westerholm, uh, Mass Live beat writer for the uh, Boston Celtics. Great. I'm glad I have you on. I uh, I follow your Twitter. I get your tweet notifications. I look at all your stuff, and I just thought it'd be cool for us to go over kind of all the matchups the Celtics are going to have to deal with if they uh, get through in the later stages of the playoffs. Definitely. Let's do it. Great. So um, I figured we'd start bottom down and save Milwaukee and Toronto for last because they're looking like the big threats right now. So uh, we can start with the eight seed. So Orlando here. Um, they're a big, lengthy defensive team, one of the top defenses in the league right now. I think they're number one in uh, least points allowed per game, but they're obviously the eight seed, so that can't mean much. Uh, what do you What do you think is the deal with Orlando here? So, I mean, with Orlando and with a lot of these bottom seeds, it just kind of feels like, a, honestly, a talent differential um, mm-hmm. at this point. You know, it's like Orlando does what it can with what it has, and they've, you know, they've got some nice pieces. I mean, it look, Evan Fournier is a good player. Um, you know, Vucevic is, you know, a good player in certain matchups. And, you know, they've got they've got talent, um, but it's just when it comes to the Celtics, I mean, like Boston's just got a better, you know, starting five, and they're able to sprinkle that starting five through the bench, and that um, that really helps. And, you know, just kind of, I think the other day um, when the Celtics and Magic played, it, it felt like the Celtics were always going to be able to pull away um, when they sort of felt like it. And then sure enough, mm-hmm. you know, it was a relatively close game, and then they end up winning by about 16. So, um, you know, I, I think with, with Orlando, and the other thing about Orlando is that they're always going to have trouble um, I think defending wings and the yeah. Celtics are just have, you know, wings like crazy. That's their uh, real point of strength. So mm-hmm. to me, that's that's the big difference between the two teams. It's just honestly, you know, as simplistic as it sounds, it's just a just a talent disparity. I'd agree there. I think although on paper it says Orlando's really good on defense, I think on offense they really struggle. If they can like hit their shots and Terrence Ross can have a great game, they might win like a couple in the first rounds against their potential opponent. I don't think they'd take more than one on us. But another question I want to ask you about them is, do you think Jonathan Isaac would impact that a lot? Because he is one of the best defenders in the league, perimeter and even interior defense, and they're missing him right now bad. So do you think him coming back would have any impact on the series? I mean, sure. I mean, he would he would make them better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think it would make a difference on the series, but I, I don't think it would make a difference in necessarily the outcome. Like, yeah. you know, when, especially a playoff series, you get into a playoff series and, and, you know, teams are able to game plan like specifically for one team for, you know, like, like a good week or whatever. Um, that, that makes a big difference, you know, then it, it becomes, you know, exploiting certain matchups as opposed to running a system and that's something the Celtics are really good at. So, you know, I mean, would it make it a little more difficult? Yeah, sure. Like, Isaac is a really good defender, but um, I don't I, – I, I would have a hard time seeing Orlando – like, maybe they would take a game, but I, I could pretty easily see yeah. the Celtics, you know, sweeping a series like that. No, I'd agree. I think there's just a lot 
infinitely more talent on the Celtics. I think the Magic are desperately missing just, like, shooting of any kind. Like, Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier can't carry them too much. Fultz right. isn't going to shoot many threes. I just think, like, if they could get... Uh, I mean, I guess Fultz is technically their point guard of the future in their minds, but I think they just need, like, more shooting overall to improve that roster. Yeah, I mean, getting, you know, just just like you said, more floor spacing would help. And, um, you know, if I, I think that they can get... I think they can get by with Fultz. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think that that could work. Um, but that would require an upgrade at, you know, sort of the, the two, three, and, and that's, you know, that's what a lot of teams are missing. That's a, that's a tough spot to upgrade. And especially when you look at, I mean, Fournier is a good player. Like let's, you know, let's not downplay that. He, he can, he can really score the ball. And, you know, he was a challenge for the Celtics, you know, especially because they, you know, were trying to run, uh, Romeo Langford at him defensively. He just didn't miss. He yeah, didn't miss it all. Yeah, and that that'll sometimes happen. But I mean, they, I think you're right. They they do need an upgrade there, and you know, I'm not sure that uh, that Aaron Gordon is ever going to be able to play that position. I'd agree. I think they tried to run him at small forward, but I just think he's more of a power forward, and I don't know if it'll ever work for him in that regards. But moving on. Brooklyn, I think this would be such a fun series just because Kyrie would have to play. Like, there'd be no avoiding coming back to Boston this time. I want to go to this Brooklyn game coming up uh, at TD, but I think that this would be a great series. What what are your thoughts overall on this one? Yeah, I mean, again, I I, I kind of think that there is a, uh, you know, especially this year, um, you know, Mm -hmm. before we see Kevin Durant come back and before we know what player he's going to be when he comes back, again, I think there's a talent disparity there. and, you know, I, I think without, you know, trying to sound like I'm, I'm, you know, bashing the guy, I think that defensively the Nets are going to have problems for, you know, oh, yeah. with, with Kyrie in the game. I mean, we saw, you know, how much he struggled in the playoffs last year. And I don't know how much of that was, you know, him struggling or how much of it was him, uh, you know, not really being engaged, especially in that Milwaukee series. But, mm-hmm. you know, the long and the short of it is uh, the, the Nets' best player is a – uh, like a pretty weak defender, and um, you know I think the Celtics would be able to exploit that. But that being said, I mean, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the matchup that we would all love to see. Um, it would just be so entertaining. Um, you know, I think there would be there would be at least a game in there probably that Kyrie just went absolutely crazy, yeah. and uh, you know the Celtics would have to ward off Kyrie Irving, and that would be just from a narrative perspective that would be really fun. I agree 100. percent I think. TD Garden would just completely get in Kyrie's head when he came here, though. I don't think he'd be able to handle it. I think there'd be so many chants and so much heckling that he'd just... If he crumbled in Boston for even a game, the media would let him have it. I think it'd be hilarious to see that. Uh, I I think it would be fascinating. I, I do, you know... Kyrie gets in his head about certain things. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that a playoff game would be one of them. Like that, you know, yeah. the, I mean, the, he talks about it all the time. And, and to be fair, any of us would if, if we had done the same thing. But, I mean, he did hit one of the biggest shots in finals history. He was yeah. excellent in those finals. And, I mean, it's not like Golden State is an easy place to play. Um, so, I mean, he's used to – he has faced, you know, really – um, you know, angry crowds. He has faced, uh, you know, opponents that are that, that that are you know really focused on stopping him. And I mean, the, the man is one of the singularly most talented, um, you know, basketball players in you know that we've seen recently. Like he's he's mm-hmm. really really good. Um, so I do th- I do kind of wonder if, um, you know, if he would struggle w- with that or be, you know we've seen him struggle with things mentally, but I'm not sure that it's environment necessarily. I think I think it's kind of other things. So um, yeah, it would be uh, it'd be really fun to watch. 
No, yeah, for sure. I think we all saw last year that he struggled being a true leader. There was problems in the locker room. He was talking to the media, and we're seeing that again this year in Brooklyn. Like, there have been reports that, oh, Kyrie's not a team player. He's telling them, oh, some of these guys might have to go if we want to win next year. And I think, honestly, he might not have the numbers, but he might have a better season next year when he's not, like, technically the section op- second option, I mean, like, with Durant back, like, obviously they'll run through Durant, but I think Kyrie's still going to be, like, a, more like a duo than a one-two, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. going to be, like, like in Cleveland, I feel like the clear number one was LeBron, and then Kyrie was clearly two, but with Durant and Irving next year, I feel like there would be a disgusting, like, duo rather than a Durant one, Kyrie two. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we'll see what... I mean, this this injury is, you know, Durant's injury is a serious one. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I am concerned for him, um, you know, if, for that perspective. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a tough pairing. I don't know how you if, – if they're – I mean, even if Durant is like 85 to 90% of himself, I don't know how you stop that. No, that's, yeah. that's just disgusting. I'd agree. And they already have the shooting to go along with it. I mean, Joe Harris alone is one of the best percentage efficiency shooters in the entire league. And yeah. then – I mean, they, I think the big thing they need is probably wing defenders or just defenders in general. Because last night they were running Wilson Chandler at Pascal Siakam at the end of the game. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best game plan if you want to win, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, Harris. But we'll see. Uh, he, yeah. he wasn't on uh, on Kyrie's list of guys uh, that, that yeah. one day that he was uh, running through him. But he's uh, he's a heck of a player. Oh, yeah. Kyrie can just make the cuts he wants to, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Moving on, I think the the top six is really when we start to get into the good basketball matchups and the series that would be, like, fun to watch. Like, Brooklyn and Orlando, like you said, the talent's just not there. But um, moving into this top six, it gets interesting. So, Indiana's next. And with the return of Oladipo, I was was pretty scared. And I think he proved uh, with that Kobe-like shot that he is back to stay. He might have struggled at the beginning, but that shot made me nervous a little bit. What do you think? He's really good. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's uh, really good. And I mean, look, the, the Pacers have played really well without him. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I think there's, I think there's some question marks, um, you know, with, again, you know, you talk about, we talked about the talent disparity. They have a lot more talent, <coughs> excuse me, than mm-hmm. those other two teams, <clears throat> but they are, I mean, they're big. They are talented. I mean, Brogdon has been in big games. He he knows how to win yep. in the playoffs, um, and he's he's having a heck of a season. Sabonis, I, you know, definitely deserved his All Star selection. I would have voted for him. Um, this this is a really really good team um, w- with just a lot of depth. And when you add a player like Oladipo, um, you know, we'll we'll see how it holds up, how healthy he's going to be, you know, going forward. If you know, getting back into the season at this point um, is difficult, how he matches up with with the rest of his teammates, but. I mean, this this is a the fact that this team in the East is a six seed really goes to show you how much better the East is this year, because, you know, in previous seasons, this would have been, you know, two, three, four seed right up there. They're they're Mm -hmm. really good. I think it's huge. I think I wanted to bring this up and I guess now is a good time. They're a very team basketball type of team like Oladipo's, I think, clearly the star when he's healthy. But they have all these pieces, like TJ Warren's having a phenomenal season, like Miles yeah. Turner's playing his role, Doug McDermott always hits his shots, he's like another Joe Harris in my opinion, and it it's a huge team basketball team, and I think in the East, you see so much more of that team basketball mentality with like Indiana, Miami, Toronto, and in the West, it's a bunch of like duos and just stars doing their thing with role players, and I think that makes the East even maybe harder to deal with, because like... 
with Houston, you have, yeah, James Harden and Russell Westbrook to stop. But beyond that, there's what? Eric Gordon, maybe, if he has a good night and drops 50 again miraculously. But, my like, there's so many more guys to worry about on the floor in the Eastern Conference teams, I think, than the West. And Indiana's a really good, I think, example of that. Yeah, and, I mean, that can work against the team, too, though. Because yeah. in, in, in the playoffs, you know, so much of it is like who's who's the best player on the floor because Mm -hmm. again it comes back to in the playoffs you're you're game planning against one team and you know system basketball is great i mean it makes for a really fun game to watch but when uh you know the fact that you're able to put all your energy into guarding a team a specific way means that the player the team with the better player who is harder to slow down is you know more likely to win so it's like Mm -hmm. yeah you can game plan for lebron james um, you know, as much as you want, but are you going <clears> to, <throat> are you going to stop him? Yeah, probably no. not. So, not and same thing with, you know, Giannis, Giannis. like, are you going to, you, you can try and, uh, yeah. maybe if you have Aaron Baines and Al Horford, you have a hope, but like, you know, this yeah. year's team is, is going to struggle with them. So, um, that, that's one thing that I, I worry about with Indiana. And I mean, that's one thing where having Oladipo back could really help them is, is having that guy who they can just go to, um, you know, if if the offense is breaking down, maybe you can just put Oladipo up there and just start running pick and rolls, and mm-hmm. you know spread the floor with Brogdon, and you know and give you know Brogdon the same type of thing with Oladipo spreading. Like that could really help them. But I do think that there are some issues with um, when you do have a team that is you know so team oriented. Like yeah. that's great, that'll really help you. But you do need that guy. So we'll see if Oladipo can be that guy. I agree, and I always bring this up when I talk about the Pacers. The last time we saw Oladipo in a playoff series, he took the king to seven, and he almost did it. He almost did it, but yeah, <laughs> he's he's a scary dude. He gets those clutch shots, but let me ask you this uh, to finish off the Pacers. Do we win this series, do you think? Yeah, I think the Celtics okay. win that series. I think, you know, it would be a fun one, um, and I think that, you know, we, you know, could be looking at like six games there um yeah. I, I would not be surprised to see the pacers take at least one or two but i mean it's going to be i think it's going to be really really hard to win in boston um oh, yeah. in the postseason so i think at that point when you start breaking it down if the celtics win the first two the pacers are already looking at a big uphill climb and then you know it comes down to boston trying to take one in indiana if they yeah. do that it's pretty much over so to me indiana I, I do think that would be a win i agree i'd go with the celtics on that one next one Philadelphia, my least favorite NBA team. I can't stand them. I can't stand their players. I can't stand their fan base. It's just, it's a no for me. But what are your thoughts on the series? Well, I mean, I I think that would be the, uh, honestly, I think that would be the most fascinating matchup of the first round or uh, of the Eastern Conference. I agree. You know, because I, I kind of think that Mil- like I don't. It's tough to say for sure. I kind of think Milwaukee might just steamroll everybody. So like maybe none of their Eastern Conference series yeah. would be like that good. Um, but Philly Boston would just be fascinating because obviously Philly has some matchup um, advantages. Um, mm. There's no question about that. But they're also just a mess. Like I, yeah. their roster is has so many issues. You know, we'll see if these you know, trade deadline moves come in, but it's hard for me to imagine that Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, the third are going to fix everything. Yeah. Um, and you know, especially when they don't really address sort of the structural flaws with mm-hmm. the roster. So, I mean, and, and the other thing is, you know, Philly, they're three and one against the Celtics this year. Two of those games were on back to backs. Um, and one of them was the first game of the season. So, um, you know, it's, <laughs> it would just be fascinating. I mean, that's, that is the most, I think that is the singular, most interesting, um, you know, matchup. The Celtics have tons of advantages, you know, on the wing that they have against other teams as well. You know, mm-hmm. Philly, 
can Joel Embiid, you know, get up and down the floor enough to, to really punish the Celtics? Because he could punish them, but, you know, he's going to have to work really hard to do it. I'm fascinated by it. I, I, one of my, you know, I know a lot of Celtics fans really don't want to see that series. Um, I would I would love it. Uh, and, I, and not just because there's an easy flight from Worcester to Philly. That's the other reason I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm in Worcester, too. I go to Worcester State, actually, so that's funny you mentioned. But uh, <laughs> I um, I think the key to this is guarding Joel Embiid. And I just like to remind people, the last time we saw a Philly-Boston matchup, uh, Marcus Morris gave us the inf- uh, amazing 3-0, 3-0 to Joel Embiid right in his face. And that was just – that's iconic, I think. But um, the key to guarding uh, – this winning this series is going to be Daniel Tice – I believe in the Celtics bigs and guarding Joel Embiid or just like switching on to him. Like we bring Marcus over, we bring semi over, we do something to make him uncomfortable because they don't have shooting. And unless Furkin Korkmaz shoots for 30 points, like he has the past two games for some reason, I don't know that Philly's going to have much success shooting the ball. Um, I want your thoughts on this. This is a thought I have, and I see it in the media like every once in a while. I think that the Sixers need to get rid of Simmons or Embiid to be a successful, cohesive basketball team, and I think they should get rid of Embiid because there's no real contending team in the NBA, in my opinion, that runs through just a big man, and that's what Philly would be doing if they were just keeping Embiid and trading Simmons. And we've seen successes running through teams that have Simmons' skill set. We see it with the Bucks. Like, I think if Simmons was on that Bucks team instead of Giannis, he would be a top 10 player in the NBA. Like, that's the perfect team for him with Chris Middleton and all these shooters around the side. But I think they need to trade one of those two guys to be a good, good, like, contending team in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I I, I struggle with it a little bit because mm-hmm. it, at that point you're saying, you know, okay, so they're going to trade an all-NBA talent. Um, yeah. And, and obviously, you know, you're, you're trading for, you know, you'd be trying to get fit back. Like, you know, I, I don't know what you do with that. It's tough, um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. I, <laughs> To me, it, it, it kind of comes down to a, a matter of package, right? Like, who, you're, who are you going to get back? Because if, you know, like, let's say you're trading, um, you know, I can't even come up with a great example. Um, I, don't, I don't even have I mean, let's, let's say, let's say Portland, or let's say Portland is like, Dame, we love you. You've been awesome. We would love to have you retire here, but we just don't have a path to building a championship team around you. Um, you know, if, if Damian Lillard is on Sixers, um, I'm not sure it matters which one of the guys you trade because I, I okay. think he would be a, you know a perfect fit with either of them. So I mean at that point, um, you know to me Embiid is probably the better player defensively. He's I mean all those Simmons has, has been great defensively yeah. this year. I don't know I don't have a good answer for that one. I, uh, I I I don't disagree that one of them should go. Um, you know I think the the most of the Philly people I know would say that um, you know Embiid is is the guy that they would keep. Um, yeah I agree. And, you know, I, I trust their opinion more than mine. I, you know, I watch, you know, a few Philly games throughout the year and I mm-hmm. watch, uh, you know, obviously when they play the Celtics and it, it was funny last year seeing people, um, you know, uh, who, uh, seen Celtics fans who, you know, only watched, uh, you know, Philly Celtics, mm-hmm. uh, really going in on Embiid, like, yeah. you know, just thinking that it's like, no, he's, he's really good guys. The reason, he's the reason amazing. he hasn't looked good against the Celtics is because he's been facing Horford and Baines and that's really tough for a center. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, I also think really highly of Ben Simmons and I think his defense is a little underrated and yeah. you know, I, I just, I actually love his game even though he can't shoot. Um, yeah. 
I don't have a good answer for that one. I can talk my way around it for a while, but oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to do with that. They've they've got real talent and uh, some real problems structurally with that roster. It's definitely tough because a six ten point guard is so so rare. It's almost unheard of in this yeah. league, and I think it's tough to trade either of them. I just don't know what they can do if Simmons doesn't start at least attempting threes because like he's shown he can make them. He's made like what one in the regular season, which it, it's not a lot. But if he starts like taking them a little bit, like start with shooting like. I don't know, maybe 20%, one for five, which wouldn't be good for your, like, scoring. But if, if it shows he takes them, at least it spaces the floor a little bit. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It's definitely tough because there's not much you could get back unless, like you said, Dame or CJ and, like, a bunch of shooters for one of them maybe would work. But I also feel so bad for Al Horford. He went from one bad situation to another one and just he can't win right now, I feel like. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's you know, – Philly's – and that's the scary thing for Philly is they're locked into this. Uh, I mean, yep. you know, Simmons just signed his extension and beads on for a while. Horford is signed for the next four years. Like, you know, yeah. Harris just got a max contract. Yeah, that one is. I don't get whew. that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're pretty committed to this. And I mean, obviously you can make moves around, you know, mm-hmm. you can make a big move. You can make moves around the edges, but um, you know, the, uh, the early returns are not good for them. But again, you know, we talked in the with the first two teams about the talent disparity. There would not be a talent disparity here. Like, you know, Boston, yeah. Philly would – there's just a bunch of heavy hitters on both sides. And, uh, you know, it would, it would just kind of come down to if Philly can put it all together. Because if they can, they are really hard for the Celtics to deal with. And if they can't, it might look a little bit more like that game a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely going to be one of the more difficult matchups for us, especially because I feel like – the Celtics bench might be a little bit better, I guess, but it's not too far off from Philly's bench. We're both bottom five in the league in bench scoring, and I think it's all going to depend on the starters. So who has the better starters, and if we can, like, as a defensive unit, shut down and beat or at least slow them down. But last question, as I yeah. say for every team, what's the 4-3, 4-2, who wins? What do you think? I would probably go Celtics four three. Yeah, um, they would have again. They would have the home advantage, and I mean, you know, you can uh, dislike the Philly fan base as much as you want, but man, that is a fun arena to go to. They, oh, it's tough. They yeah, are, they are wild. Um, it actually, I, I've said this before, but like, they're actually they drive me nuts because their fans are absolutely electric, and the arena is like the whatever sound they pump in is insanely loud. Mm-hmm. Um, like just beyond any other arena in the league and they don't need wow. to like those, those Philly <laughs> fans are crazy like you could just let them carry it and it would be just an electric atmosphere but one way or the other it's it's a real tough place to play a real tough place to win so um you know I would I would probably pick the Celtics 4-3 just because I don't trust the way that Philly's been playing but that would be that's the first one where I'm not confident in it at all yeah, I'd agree. God, I hate Philly. I just can't stand them. But uh, <laughs> as long as they, hey, as long as they don't drop any premature confetti this year, I think they'll be fine. I mean, uh, that was, you know, that, that was one of the more entertaining uh, subplots in uh, in recent memory. Oh, for sure. That and Embiid uh, crying into the shoulder of Marcus Gasol after he lost in the playoffs. But uh, moving forward, Miami's next. They're one of the bigger surprises in the league this season. I thought they'd be good. I didn't think they'd be this good. Jimmy Butler is playing out of his mind, even though the stats don't necessarily necessarily reflect it. I think he should have been an all-star starter. I don't know over who, I guess, but I think he should have started the all-star game. What do you think of this series? Yeah, I mean, I think that 
the the pickups that uh, Miami made are really interesting at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Just uh, you know, going out and getting some wing defenders who, uh, which you know, I think Celtics kind of show they really need it. I mean, you can't, yeah. you just can't. Like Duncan Robinson is is a nice player and he's going to hit a lot of threes for you, but you just cannot get away with putting him on Jalen Brown or Jason mm-hmm. Tatum for sure. Um, I you know with Miami, I, I can't for the you know on their end, I kind of worry about. The additions just in terms of part of the reason they've been so successful is one, they've had this, you know, I don't want to call it gimmicky, but it's it's a zone defense and, and teams would figure it out over the course of a seven game series. The Celtics figured out it, you know, struggled with it for like a quarter or two and then sort of were like, oh, okay, yeah, we've all played college <laughs> basketball. We know how yeah. to do this. Um, and then, you know, you look at the, uh, the the other reasons they're successful is they've got a lot of shooters. Um, yeah. And if you're if you're playing your new wings, you know, you're if you're playing your Iguodala, if you're playing your Jay Crowder, which presumably you are because they're both good defenders um, and, you know, tough guys, you're taking a lot of that shooting off the floor in, on a roster where Jimmy Butler is already, you know, your best or your second best player, depending on how you feel about Bam. And if you're taking that shooting off the floor, you know, then where are you getting any shooting? Like all of a sudden it becomes pretty clogged in the paint. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how this – they've got time to try to work through that. And it's easier to hide one guy than to hide, like, two or three guys in a zone. Um, so maybe they're able to, like, put lineups out there where they're able to hide Duncan Robinson on defense and still get his floor spacing on the other end. But I do think there are some very real concerns with that team um, just in terms of, you know, again, they the floor spacing isn't necessarily there. And uh, when it is there, the, the defense is going to struggle, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. I think this is, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm remembering, correct me if I am, but the first time we're going to see Jimmy Butler on a real, real good team in the playoffs, like he played on the Bulls against us and beat him 4-2, he played on that Timberwolves team that was a mess, like Philly last year, I guess, does count, yeah, I forgot about that weird time on Philly, I guess, but I don't, I don't know, man, I feel like this is his best chance in the playoffs with this Heat team and structure. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's weird. He's it, it is. You know, I mean, that Philly team was like, you know, they were whatever. They were the one yeah. bouncing jumper away from having, you know, a shot to uh, yeah. to go further. Um, so, you know, it's, it's tough to pin that all on him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's an interesting player, man. He's he's like I, I have a lot of respect for him just in terms of how hard he works and how I mean, he, and he's really talented. Like, I think yeah. a lot of times when guys like him are. You know, they, they work really hard and they get to a certain point in their careers and it's because of their hard work. That's all people talk about. But like Jimmy Butler is really good. He um, is. You know, he's he's tough and he does a lot of different things for your team. So, yeah, I mean, between him and Bam, I mean, that's that's what's going to carry Bam's him. Those good. two guys. I mean, Bam is Bam is nasty. He is. Um, he's he's I, I, you know, definitely a. A most improved player candidate, I think, and I uh, agree. he he makes them so much better, especially defensively. Um, he's I think a couple of years from now he's going to be just the perfect um, NBA defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that you know the Celtics again they have ways to exploit Miami. Um, I think the coaching matchup would be really fun too. Spo versus yeah. Brad would be you know a couple of guys who are big video guys, you know guys who who really you know like to break things down um, analytically and. I think they would be. Uh, I think it'd be. I think that'd be a fun matchup. And again, I'm not. Again, I'm not just saying that because I would enjoy, you know, a week in Miami uh, in uh, <laughs> April or May. It would. Uh, I think it would legitimately be a very fun series. 
Yeah, I think he'd be great. And then, hey, Jay Crowder last night shot, I think, five for eight from three, something ridiculous. Like, he <laughs> had 18 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. Like, he had the perfect game for the Heat. So maybe there's something in the air in Miami. Maybe it's the beaches. I don't know, man. Maybe it just makes you a great three-point shooter. But if you can keep that up, that's a – I think that's a better piece for them than Iguodala maybe even. I think Jay Crowder's a very underrated pickup for that Heat team. Yeah, and I, I don't know that I love the the Iguodala pickup for yeah. them. Um, you know, especially he, the, the man extension. Is, especially the extension. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the man is thirty six years old. Mm-hmm. Like he is. He's been to what four finals in a row. You, you know, and people like to talk about him being a finals MVP, but that was twenty fifteen. Like that's mm-hmm. that's years ago. He's put on a <laughs> lot of miles since then, and and maybe you know, taking the first half of this year off helps a lot. Um, I think that's possible, but. I, uh, I'm not sure about that one. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I, I, I do think that, I mean, Miami, Miami's a real team. Like they're, they're really good. They, they're positioning themselves well, um, for free agency. And, you know, that should be scary for any Celtics fan just cause it's Miami and guys understandably want to go play in Miami. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, uh, I think they're going to be a force for a while. I agree. I don't really understand paying a 36 year old what 15 million dollars over two years i get i get there's a team option but that just seems like a lot of money wasted on a guy who's turning 40 in four years but anyways yeah. uh last question miami what's the series four three four what and who wins um i would go i'd probably go boston four three mm-hmm. um you know i, I think when you when again when you start the playoffs come down to matchups and when you start breaking down the matchups I think the Celtics have a lot of answers for what Miami can do um you know I the, the one where I don't know that they have a great answer is Bam but they played pretty well against him this year um you know in previous matchups and you know as good as I think Bam is going to be um and, and as good as I think he is right now I don't know that he is ready to carry a team um to the next to like to a playoff victory and and i do think we've seen jalen brown do that we've seen jason tatum do that um we've seen kemba walker win a championship (laughs) in college not win anything in charlotte but that's not really his fault um you know i think i think we've seen guys on the celtics who are capable of winning a playoff series and and a bunch of them that i think matters um and, and i think that would that would make a difference against the current iteration of miami's team ask me two years from now uh when they have yeah you know a powerhouse and we'll see what happens that's what i was about to say i think experience is going to play a big role here like most of their key guys on their roster don't really have much playoff experience whereas even though they're so young tatum and brown have what this is going to be their third year in the playoffs in a row brown's fourth year i think it'll be tough for like hero and robinson to really play a key role in the playoffs with no experience but uh moving forward uh toronto is terrifying at the moment they just can't lose no matter if they're down big or down a little bit they just always manage to win and they honestly they they scare me right now what do you think what do you think oh yeah i i think that there's plenty of reason for celtics fans to be scared of toronto that team is good um I, i mean i've i've been sort of on you know their bandwagon since like we literally since like the second or third game of the season whatever it was when boston played them and Mm -hmm. um siakam just went nuts um i i love pascal siakam i I think he's he i just think he's so good um you know they i i think that defensively um you know they've they've got something really solid that they're working with there i mean if you um you know go by uh points uh per 100 possessions allowed they're second in the league they're um, you know, holding teams to a, a really low uh, effective field goal percentage. Like they're they're really really good, um, and I just think matchup wise, they're 
a lot better suited for the Celtics uh, than mm-hmm. some of these other teams we've mentioned so far. They've 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 got guys who can um, who can really hurt you. Now, if you you know you start to go down their roster, I'm not convinced um, necessarily um, by their depth. You know, I like Norman Powell has been good this year. Yeah. Um, he ne- hasn't always necessarily been in the past, so I'm not sure what to make of that. And I, and I do think that when the Celtics and the Raptors have played. Um, the Celtics have had some advantages that that look hopeful, just you know, for Boston, just from a just from an individual matchup perspective. But I mean, look, you know, Lowry, Van Vliet, like these guys are playing great this year. Um, mm-hmm. And you you know, Gasol uh, or uh, you know, again, you just kind of go down the list. Like there's a lot of really good players on this team, and that matters a lot in the playoffs. And and, and especially, I think, like we were saying before, if they've got that one go-to guy, if that if that can be Siakam. Um, you know, in the postseason, and the other guys mm-hmm. can sort of play off him. I, I think they've got a real puncher's chance. I agree. I think their experience from last season is also super undervalued by a lot of people. I think having that that playoff run, like it doesn't matter that Kawhi Leonard's left. Like obviously, that's a big deal for them because they lost their quote unquote closer. But like you said, if that can be Siakam, then that experience is just going to transfer over to this season. Like they've all been there before, and I think the Raptors and Masai Ujiri and is just such a good organization. Like, they run it so well. They find all these players that if you don't watch the NBA and keep up really closely, you will have no idea who they are. Like, Chris Boucher, Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, what? Like, all these random guys having amazing seasons, and everyone, and like Patrick McCall, the guy who's won three finals in a row, just randomly, and he could win another. Who knows if Toronto can keep this up, but... I think, like you said, if Siakam can be that guy in the playoffs, this is going to be a scary team for a lot of people. And I think if he can, like he's a great defender, I think Siakam is, but I think he might be one of the few guys who can kind of run with Giannis a little bit more than other guys. Like no one's going to stop Giannis. No one's going to get in front of him, but like slow him down. I think Siakam's one of the few guys that can do it. Maybe. I think what we've, to, to me, what we've learned about Giannis over the years is that the thing that really <clears throat> slows him down is when the other guy's stronger. And there's mm-hmm. just not that many guys in the league who are. But when you have an Aaron Baines um, or when you have a Kawhi Leonard, like guys who are just like really, I mean, Ka- Kawhi is just like under the radar, insanely strong. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the type of guys who I think, because I mean, so much of his game is just like, let me kind of bruise and, and, because he's so fast and he's so strong. So, you know, let me like run by guys. Let me get my shoulder. Let me into the guy. Let me push him back a little bit. Um, and I'm not sure Siakam is quite that. Um, yeah. He's definitely long and athletic. Um, but to me, you know, it feels like some of those other guys uh, might have a, a bigger impact on him. But, you know, th- that being said, this, you know, this Raptors team can fly around. They can shoot. They can just kind of do a little bit of everything. I, I think they would be a real threat. Um, which is wild after they lost the yeah. uh, the finals MVP who carried them. Um, but they've, I mean, give them endless credit. They've done an unbelievable job of, of putting it all back together again. And I mean, that's, you know, that's a credit to Siakam. That's a credit to Van Vliet. That's a credit to the coaching staff. I mean, th- this team is really, really good. And I, I, uh, I, I love watching them. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. No, yeah, I caught a couple of their highlights before uh, I hit record on this. Uh, I was looking at their game against the Nets and they're just... They're so quick. They they just get back at it so yeah. many times. And I want to check on if they're like they get the most possessions game. Like if their pace is up there, it's not. It's like average, which I don't get. Because when you watch them, you see just how like fast and 
like, quick they go, like, and they get contributions from just anybody. Like, Matt Thomas dropped 15 last night. Terrence Davis has dropped 20-plus, like, twice in a row. It's just random dudes that can pour it in for them any night. But then, like, in addition to the Siakam, Van Vliet, and Lowry consistency that they always have. So, I think it's a tough matchup for anybody, really, especially teams who are slower and can't keep up with them. But, anyways, last question, as usual... Seven-game series, who wins? Boston, Toronto. What do you think? A quick side note that anybody can go back mm-hmm. to uh, my draft coverage and uh, notice that I said that I uh, I really liked Terrence Davis. I thought he was yep. a good player. And uh, <laughs> I thought that the uh, Celtics should take a shot on him. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, wish. So, <laughs> he'd be perfect. Uh, he'd be a good pickup. Um, I So I'll probably go... Hmm. Yep, it's tough. I'm going to go... I think I would go Raptors 4-3 in this one. And, and you know... If you ask me again in like two weeks, I might change my mind. I mean, yeah. look, the, the Raptors—they've won 14 in a row. Like exactly. they're not—they're—they're they're really good. I don't think that they're 14 in a row good, um, and so I'm sure that that is affecting my analysis, you know, somewhat. Because it's like, how do you pick the Raptors to lose when mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like they're ever going to lose again? Um, but they're going to lose again. They are a very, very good NBA team, but they're not, you know, the 2013 Heat or whatever. Like they're—they're yeah. good. So. <clears throat> I'll go Raptors 4-3 for right now, um, and I'll kind of uh, put a bookmark in that that I uh, I would like to uh, be able to revisit that at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, it's not one that I'm confident in. For sure. And, hey, if Indiana doesn't blow two games in a row against them, then the Celtics are in the two seed. So I'm pretty mad at Indiana <laughs> right, right now because they had those games. But, no, yeah, Toronto's definitely a scary, scary team. And now the pinnacle of all scariness, I guess you could say, is uh, <laughs> Milwaukee. Jesus, I don't really have anything to say. I'll just let you like start. This is scary. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're really good. I, it's mm-hmm. funny that they. Um, it, it's, it's 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 funny the way that they're talked about around the league, just because like people don't totally know if they can trust them or not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like we were having a lot of these conversations about them last year, too, um, which I think really contributes to it. It's like they were so unbelievably good um, last year. You know, they, they're even better this year, obviously. But, um, you know, they looked unbeatable during the regular season and then they looked beatable in the playoffs. And that was, uh, you know, I think that was that's one of the things that's really affecting people right now is like, is this team can this team win in the postseason? And I think, yes, but um yeah, I mean, if you if you go up there, I mean, their point differential right now is like plus twelve. Oh, it's um, insane! Per yeah. cleaning the glass, like it's it's insane. They've got, you know, second best offense in the league, the best defense by a by a wide margin. Um, they're, uh, I mean, they're a real problem. And you know, matchup wise, I mean, it it helps. You know that they're obviously that they're shooting so well. Um, that they've got such you know guys who can space the floor so well. Um, you know, around Giannis, and then yeah, they've got it, for my money the easy MVP choice. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's not a lot of question who, yeah. who it is this year to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a team that is built to win a championship. I think that they can win it. Um, you know, for sure. I, I think that their, you know, their lack of success in the postseason in previous years doesn't necessarily. Um, dissuade me from, uh, <laughs> from from believing in them. I, I, I think they can win it, and uh, I think that they should be considered the presumptive favorite um, to come out of the East and uh, give it a shot this year. No, yeah, I agree. I was on the uh, CLNS post-game show the other day, I think yesterday, and uh, they were talking about how 
maybe they see Giannis as a regular season player, but I don't think there's enough evidence in the playoffs yet. Like, he's been there, like, three times maybe for real, two times out of the first round. So I don't think there's enough evidence for me to believe that yet. I think he's just keeping on getting better, and I think this is going to be the first year where we see him at maybe 80% strength, which is scary, uh, yeah. what he can be. But uh, anyways, earlier you mentioned that you think the only people that can stop or slow down Giannis are the guys that are stronger than him. Do you think, we saw it a couple years ago, Semi Ojale is strong enough. Like, he's not good enough. We'll, we'll leave it that. He's obviously not even to be named in the same conversation as Giannis. But do you think he's, if you're just going by strength, do you think he's close to him? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Uh, you know, part of the problem, and, and, and that kind of comes down to, um, you know, part of the problem for whoever's guarding him is that you not only have to deal with his strength, but you have to deal with the fact that he's coming at you at a million mm-hmm. miles an hour. And yeah. then you also, on top of that, have to deal with the fact that his strides are so long that, you know, you, you really, your positioning has to be perfect. You've got to be insanely strong and, you know, you've got to be smart with your hands. Um, and I think that's why we've seen Marcus Smart have some success against him is, you know, he's, he's not going to be like a 48 minute a game guy against him defensively. Yeah. I, I, you know, Marcus Smart is insanely strong, but I don't think he's that strong mm-hmm. um, or necessarily that fast, but his hands are so good and his positioning is, is just so otherworldly um, that, you know, for a few possessions here and there, he can, uh, he can really do some damage. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, Shemi is a, uh, he's a solid role player. You know, I think that if he's not on the Celtics next year, he will catch on somewhere and he should, um, you know, and, and I think he gets a little unfairly lumped into guy who defends Giannis sometimes. Yeah. I, I think he's yeah. a little bit more than that. Um, and again, I think he's a little bit more than that. And I don't think that anybody can be guy who defends Giannis because like, <laughs> yeah, he's too exactly. tough. Um, but I think that the combination of Shemi of, uh, you know, Jalen, if the Celtics can kind of fly around and help him a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, smart. Um, these are guys who can, at the very least, uh, you know, give the Bucks some pause. I think I, I think that they can be a little they can worry the Bucks a little bit um, with that combination of guys. And, you know, we've uh, you know, we, we've seen it work. We've seen it not work. Um, could really go either way. But, um, you know, I think that putting everything on Shemi's shoulders when it comes to Giannis is a little unfair yeah. um, to him because it's just like nobody can, you know, nobody can be the one on one guy against him. And, you know, Brad will tell you over and over and over again that uh that that you defend Giannis as a team you don't defend him individually even you know even when a guy does pretty well against him individually Brad will really kind of talk it down a little bit and be like you know yes Marcus played well against him but he's you know that that there's a whole battalion of guys trying to slow him down so um yeah I mean I think I think Shemi's good at it he's got a lot of experience at it at this point but um, if the Celtics are going to be successful against Giannis, it won't just be because of Shammy. It'll be because they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at him. No, yeah, for sure. I haven't watched many other games besides, I think I caught a little of the Philly Bucks game and they just stuck uh, Ben Simmons on him and it didn't work that well. But I think yeah. Boston has been, not at all, he just made him look like a little boy. But I think Boston has been one of the better teams at, like you said, defending by committee, just sending other guys to help him. And I think we... It, it didn't look like it, but in the game we got killed in the first half, we did a pretty good job at, like, 
defending by committee. It's just that the Bucks shot what, like ninety percent from three in the first quarter. Like that's not going to happen yeah. every game. Like they're a good, efficient shooting team, but ninety percent is an unrealistic goal or thing to account for every game. They just were hitting all their shots, and it killed us, and it made us look a lot worse than I think we actually played because we beat them the first time. We beat Giannis the first time. I think it's just a matter of getting the ball out of Giannis's hand and trying to send some sort of you know, pressure on the shooters after we get it out of there. Yeah, I will say that they, they won the first game, um, but the, uh, they, they did need a big rally to do it. And yeah. uh, that, you know, that kind of does. Uh, but, and then, then the same weird thing happened the second uh, game where the mm-hmm. Milwaukee went way up and then the Celtics rallied again. So I, I really don't know what to make of either of those games. And uh, before you start, uh, before you say that, uh, shooting ninety percent from three against the Celtics is unrealistic. I would remind yeah. you oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. the Bucks have Chris Middleton, <laughs> and uh, he shoots one hundred and forty percent from three against the Celtics. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know they're uh, they they would be really they would be a fun matchup too. I, I think the Celtics would give them a run. I, I don't know what to make of the fact that the Bucks keep going way ahead and then losing their lead. Um, I think this, I think they have one more matchup if I recall correctly this year. Um, but I think it's later mm-hmm. in the season. Is that right? I think so. Um, like that, so yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll be playing by that point, but, um, yeah, they're, uh, the bucks. Very good. I would argue. Oh yeah. We play them again, March 12th in Milwaukee, which is annoying, but like you said, it just seems like there's these guys that just play better against the Celtics. Like Middleton doesn't miss, Fournier doesn't miss, Ish Smith doesn't miss against the Celtics. Apparently, I just it, it's it's crazy to watch. But anyways, if Milwaukee question. ever wanted to really put away the Celtics, they would just go out and acquire uh, Ish Smith, and it would just be over. <laughs> exactly, man. He's just I guess he's our Achilles heel for some reason. But last question, uh, like I've been saying, who wins the series of seven games? And uh, yeah, what do you think? I'll go Bucks yeah. uh, probably four um, two. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I, again, you know, could be four three. Celtics could, you know, maybe pull it out if they, uh, you know, if everything goes really well. But I mean, look, the the Bucks are forty five and seven. Like yeah. they're so good. Um, they've been so good all year. They're good on both ends. They're, um, you know, their point differential suggests a team that is not only elite but like otherworldly elite. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're really 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 good and. Uh, Celtics are a night, you know. Celtics are good too, but uh, the Celtics do not have a point differential that suggests a, a seventy-win team. So, oh yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. But I would, uh, I, w- I think I would go Milwaukee in that one. No, yeah, I agree. I don't think there's many teams that could put up with Milwaukee in the East. I think the only teams that I would take them to a, a real fight in the seven-game series would be Toronto, Philly, and us. And I think Philly only if they get their act together somehow by the end of the season, but. I think those three te- those three teams are the only ones that can put up with Giannis. But uh, yeah, thanks for going over these teams. I want to just go this quick. If you have time, uh, go over the West. You don't have to give me a full breakdown, but just who would win the series if the Celtics managed to miraculously take down Giannis, or uh, God forbid, an injury happened that prevented him from playing. But if the Celtics managed to get to the finals, I just want to go over the top like. West teams, and you just tell me who would win yeah. that series. Okay, so we'll start from the bottom. I'm just going to go to the top five because Dallas and Oklahoma City are great, but I don't see them having a chance at the finals sure. this year. So uh, Houston right now, we play them t- uh, tomorrow, right? Yeah. Seven-game series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tough timing on this one because uh, we could look uh, smart or really dumb in about uh, 24 hours. Yeah. Um, I would – I think I would – I think I would take Boston in that series, um, you know – 
they've like if you can if you can find a way to limit James Harden, you're in good standing. And yeah. I think that Marcus Smart is good enough. Imagine that he could not stop Harden, but you know maybe keep him to like. 25 28 points as opposed to you know 37 or whatever no, so yeah. i mean i i would I, I like the matchup between smart and harden enough and then i think that the celtics have enough uh you know scoring on the other end to to do some damage there no i agree yeah and the fact that they don't have a real center now we've seen Ennis Cantor bully like teams without a real center so i think we'd have a pretty good chance there that's what i'm looking for tomorrow but uh utah what do you think seven game series um i am i <laughs> I'm not a huge believer in Utah. Honestly, yeah. I I never really have been. Um, I don't. I, I I think that in the especially in the postseason, it's just po- it's it's so possible, um, so doable to take Rudy Gobert out. Um, you know, just he, he's he's such a good defender. But I mean, you throw him into all these, uh, you know, all these pick and roll actions. You know, you, you try to get him isolated, and I think mm-hmm. you can beat him. Um, and, and then Mitchell. Uh, you know, I need to see it from him in a, in a playoff series before yeah. I can really buy in on him. And I, and I think he's great. Um, I think he's, I think he, I think that we will see it from him in playoff series down the road. Um, but you know, not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I would trust him yet this year. And, and I just think that on the, you know, on the other end, the Celtics just have so many weapons um, that would be difficult for, uh, for Utah to deal with. So I would pick the Celtics against the Jazz. For sure, yeah. A little side note: that shot last night by Bogey was kind of crazy. I don't know if you saw that, but that was <laughs> that was one of the most impressive shots I've seen in a long time. Yeah, um, yeah, he's good. He he's, is definitely good. Great season. Moving on a little bit, uh, I'll skip over the Clippers at the three seed because I think they're a more more of a threat than Denver. But we'll go with the Nuggets right now. What do you think? Seven game series. Um, kind of similar with the the Jazz. I, yeah. I think that there would be ways to exploit. Um, Jokic is having a much better season defensively, um, but I, I do think that they have some holes. Um, I I will say that I've again, you can go back to my draft takes on this. Uh, <laughs> I have been insanely high on Michael Porter Jr. ever since I saw him as like a junior in high school. He's he's really. I have always thought that health was the only thing that was keeping him from being a literal star. Um, and if he answers, um, you know, some of their questions, that makes a big difference. But um, and, and also, I, you know, the home and home would be kind of funny in that Nuggets Celtics series because, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously Denver has such an advantage with the altitude and then the Celtics have such an advantage at TD Garden. So, I mean, maybe yeah. uh, maybe whoever has the better record, um, you know, you go with in that one. But I I think I would I think I would choose the Celtics um, over the Nuggets. Yeah, I probably would uh, say the same. I think our wings would just get the best of whatever defensive pieces yeah. they throw at us. But uh, lastly, the two LA teams will start with the Clippers. I think these are the two real finals threats to go against the Bucks or the Celtics or whoever comes out of the East. But, um, yep. out of those two, I really don't know who I think would win. I think I lean Lakers a little bit in that series, but it's definitely could go either way. What do you think? Clippers between well, the, between the yeah. Lakers and Clippers, you mean? Yeah, you can, we'll start with that. Yeah. Lakers, Clippers. Uh, so, who do you think? Got you. I, I would take the Clippers. Um, okay. I think that their wings, I, the Lakers can really, be exploited by teams with good wings and we just saw the Celtics do that a couple weeks ago and mm-hmm. you know there were um obviously yeah. extenuating circumstances it was a road game and it, you know long road trip for the Lakers but I just think you know you're like the Lakers are going to struggle against teams with really good wings and that's how um the Clippers are built so I would go um you know I would go with Kawhi and Paul George in that one um over you know <laughs> over LeBron and AD yeah. what a collection of guys that's, that's insane. insane but um but I, I, I think that it's easier to I think it's easier to to 
minimize AD's contributions. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, at this point, we are talking about literal superstars. So it's like, yeah. I think it's a little bit easier to minimize his contributions than it is to minimize, you know, two-way wings. Um, and that's not a knock on AD. That's just... I, that's that's the point of differential for me is that I think that um, the two guys who can create shots for themselves off the dribble and defend on the other end and are also like six eight six nine, I'll take those guys over um, LeBron and AD. But that is that is a tough one. No, I would agree. I think a big thing for me with the Clippers too is their depth. Like they just got Marcus Morris, who's a great yep. Yep. shooter, like super efficient. I think their bench is going to help them a lot in the playoffs. Like Lou Will's going to clutch up all that all that jazz, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know who I'd have. I think I lean Lakers a little bit just because LeBron's LeBron and I don't think that's yeah. ever going to change. And that's, it's tough to take anybody <laughs> over him, but I could definitely see Kawhi easily taking this one, especially with the playoffs run he had last year. Uh, last though, definitely. uh, Lakers Celtics and Clippers Celtics, who would win each of those series in your opinion? So Clippers Celtics, I would take the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that Kawhi and Paul George are what the <laughs> yeah. Celtics are hoping that uh, Jalen and Jason become. And, oh yeah. Um, you know, that's uh, I would take the guys who are who are at that level already over the guys who have shown <laughs> the promise of potentially getting to that level. So yeah. um, I would take the Clippers. I, I think it would be a good series. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, we saw you know Celtics Clippers. Uh, Earlier in the season, we'll see him again pretty soon. Um, that game earlier in the season was just well, honestly one of the best games of the year. Oh yeah, um, I think league wide, like it was just just back and forth again, just you know heavyweights throwing punches. It was fun. Um, Celtics Lakers is tougher. Um, I think I would go Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it would be really close. But again, you know, when you look at it, it, basically it comes down to this: is is I like you. It's really hard to pick against LeBron James, yeah. especially he's been here before. He knows how to win championships. You know, AD is, you know, he's Anthony freaking Davis. Like, he's really <laughs> good. Um, so I, He's a guy that I don't know that the Celtics have a good answer for um, defensively. Again, we'll see that matchup in, in a couple weeks here, and it'll be good to kind of get a second gauge of that. But, um, and, but, it, but it is tough because, again, Celtics have wings who can really take advantage of LA's wings and LA didn't get Marcus Morris. They didn't get Andre Iguodala. They didn't get these guys that they were hoping would, uh, you know, would kind of shore up their rotation a little bit. So, you know, I, uh, I, I have a hard time with that one. I think that, um, you know, LeBron is such a force that it's, it's mm-hmm. tough to pick against him. Um, so I, I would go Lakers barely, but I mean, that's one, the Clippers series, I would have a hard time seeing the Celtics win, the Lakers series, I think, could really go either way, and I would pick the Lakers by a hair. Yeah, I think Lakers-Celtics would be one of the best finals matchups, not only to watch, but the NBA could make so much money marketing that, just the classic <laughs> Lakers-Celtics, but I, I'd love to see that, although it's tough to see Milwaukee getting beat by anybody. Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah. it definitely is. Although, I mean, I think the uh, I think the, the ideal, I mean, Clippers-Milwaukee, yeah, I don't. I think that the NBA would be horrified by that because it's like small mm-hmm. market versus yep. second team in a market. But oh, yeah. man, that would be a fun series. That would just be murder on both sides. It'd be really fun. Oh yeah, I think it'd be super annoying for the NBA. For I mean, I think Milwaukee is the favorite to make the championship, but I don't think the NBA loves that. Like at least with Toronto, they can market it as the team from Canada. Boston's got the classic and the history behind it. Philly's got some history, and Milwaukee's just a small team. Like that, they can market all. Like all, they can only market it as Giannis, really. So it's uh, it's tough for them. But uh, it would be it would be pretty funny to see the uh, to see the NBA go into the <laughs> off season. Um, like 
ESPN has been, you know, and, and, you know, I get it. Like it's, you know, bread and butter, but like, um, talking about, you know, Giannis as a guy who might leave, if, if, the, if the Bucks go <laughs> like storm through, like, I don't know what you're going to like, what do you talk about at that point going into the off season? Yeah. If, they, uh, if they win a title and they just like crush everyone on the way through, it's going to be, well, uh, is Giannis going to leave? Probably, probably not. <laughs> no way. Probably not. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to join Curry and Clay. No, Giannis, Giannis isn't going anywhere. He's going to stay <laughs> Giannis is going to keep uh, winning titles uh, for the sure. foreseeable future. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's it. Thank you for uh, coming on and talking through these playoff matchups. I appreciate it. Anything you want to plug as we end the episode here? No, I mean, you can uh, follow me on Twitter, at Tom underscore NBA. Um, and, uh, you know, read my stuff. Read uh, my mm-hmm. beat partner, John Corrales' stuff. We... Uh, Pump out a lot of content over at Mass Live, so uh, you know, check it out. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna leave all of Tom's stuff in the tweet that I tweet this out in. But uh, it was a great time. I uh, loved having you on the show. You're welcome back anytime for sure. Uh, I, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to From the Rafters, guys. Uh, see you next time. Peace.